Hello everyone. Today, almost one in five Canadians are an immigrant. They come from a range of experience and tradition and vary in their attitude towards formal volunteering and giving or even their concept of charity. According to a story compiled in 2015 by V Charity, immigrants donate more to charity on an average than Canadian-born citizens of the same economic class, says the same Statistics Canada in 2015. That holds true down to the lowest income brackets. New Canadian households making less than $40,000 a year still donate an average of $404 to nonprofits annually, compared to $214 for non-immigrant earning the same. Well, it's not just about the money. While immigrants volunteer at a slightly lower rate than established Canadian, those who do volunteer contribute more hours on average. It clearly shows that new immigrants have a very strong desire to give back to their new adopted home. Chetan and Roshni Bell, the married co-owners of Heart to Meals food delivery franchise, grew up in India learning that it was important to feed people and ensure seniors are looked after properly. Now they are earning a living and living their values as they care for some of Edmonton's most vulnerable residents. Launching the business took courage and determination, but the Bells have delivered. Their franchise has grown 170% year over year since it opened in July 2016. This is just one of the many such stories of immigrants giving back to their communities. And as you may have already guessed, our theme today is about giving back. I arrived in Canada, like the theme of this episode, when I said I do to Canada with little or no connections in 2018. And my integration wouldn't have been possible without the support of many other people of Canada, new immigrants or Canadian born, who helped me, mentored me, motivated me to give back in whichever way I could. I remember having this conversation with my mentor one evening when he asked, Tuhina, mm, why don't you speak on a panel addressed to new immigrants and share your experiences? I was like, hey, I am no success story yet. I'm three months into the country and still struggling. He then told me it's not about success or how you are defining success. It's about your journey. It's those small little texts that you can share that you never know will help someone. So you have to go out there and share. Since then, I have been actively volunteering with new immigrants, especially women who are hesitant to speak up. Some of them have become great friends along the way. I hosted public consultations on themes like inclusionary zoning policy for City of Toronto, festivals around the city like Human Rights Film Festival, and I continue to engage on youth interventions. In fact, one of the goals for bringing out this podcast series was to share the voices and experiences of a segment of women immigrants that sometimes get lost in the hole. Well, no more about me. It's now time to welcome our two Ks to the show who are charismatic contributors towards community development through active volunteering, mentorship support, and much, much more. So very welcome, Katerina and Kay. Hi, this is Katerina. Hi, Katerina. Okay. Thank have you, Tohina. Yes, I am here. And thank you for this beautiful introduction. 
I'm so excited to start with you. I'm so happy you both could take our time today. Are you both doing well? Are you, are you keeping social distance in these COVID times? Yes. Sure. sure. Social distancing is our social responsibility, I guess, right? Absolutely. And emotional closeness in this social distancing time is also our responsibility. It yes. is true. Right. It is true. Mental health is very important in such times. And emotional yeah. health is part of our mental health as well. Absolutely. So, Katerina, let's begin with yourself. Uh, when did you arrive in the country and what's been your journey so far? So, first of all, thank you for building up this opportunity for everybody to speak and listen. I'm sure it's going to bring a lot of value uh, to uh, many ladies who have participated and who will listen to the podcast. Mm -hmm. My name is Katerina. I arrived to Canada back in 2008, so I've been here for almost 12 years. Mm -hmm. um, I have always wanted to be what I call a citizen of the world, meaning I wanted to have more travel, live somewhere abroad. I always wanted to speak another language in a very advanced capability level. Um, I work in human resources. I, I do, in fact, speak fluently two languages, but I can comprehend more than six. Wow. Uh, yes. That's brilliant. <laughs> yes. Um, I love to volunteer and share with the community. Uh, and so far, Canada has been great to me, and I'm happy for the newcomers who chose this country. And I'd like to share more of what we can offer here. Oh, that's beautiful. So you also deal with people day in day out in your career as an hr professional right correct yes yeah okay that's good to know great so kay what about you um when did you arrive in canada and how's you how's your journey been so far well um i have been in canada for five years so far i'm still considered a newcomer in a way mm -hmm. uh, i came late uh, 2014 i arrived here as a refugee um, and even though it's unfortunate to be a refugee or having to leave your home country, not being able to return, but at the same time, it's, uh, we have to recognize our privileges where we're ending up. Canada is a great place to be. And I've always wanted to come to Canada. I like Canada. Um, That's nice. You also like the cold in Canada? You're good with well, it. That's the thing that I did not expect, actually. When I came, I thought I was prepared with my heaviest coat. But when I came here, obviously, my heaviest coat was not heavy enough. Mm -hmm. Can't imagine. Can't imagine. Yeah. But you adapt after a while. After a while, like it's been five years so far, I'm starting to get used to the weather in a way. That's great. So how, how, how's been uh, some of the other things in life? How about interactions with people do you have some early figments um what i really love about canada uh, are two things one of them is that people are really nice and welcoming it is part of the culture mm -hmm. and the other thing is that it is a very diverse culture you meet people from all over the world and you create your own culture and that's part of what canada is Absolutely. So that's why I was, um, you know, when I mentioned my mentor, you know, asked me to, you know, step up and share. Um, I was just trying to think about some of the initial days when I was reaching out. 
and people are so welcoming to help like i blasted linkedin with questions about okay what do i do how do i do what are the terms to be used um it is not called a meeting it is called a calibration can you help me in understanding those fine nuances at workplace culture and people were willing to donate something that they will never be able to buy back and that is their time it's really the most expensive commodity it shall never come back and still they were you know either willing to catch up over a cup of coffee or go out or you know help share a part of a canadian culture uh, i was taken to a hockey game and i'm so thankful that i got that exposure to understand how how much it meant here uh, to get to know some of the terms so um it's fascinating to see how welcoming people are and how willing people are to help you Katerina you've had any experience similar when you first arrived initially so um i have a little bit of a funny story about it when i moved to canada back in 2008 um i didn't quite speak english very well i i read and uh, i could uh, i could read and write but i didn't quite speak uh and i put as a personal goal as a personal achievement for myself i have uh, put that i am going to speak english very well and i spend somewhat between 8 to 12 hours a day learning different things but i saw how welcoming it was in canada and how everybody wanted to help it was actually easy to ask people for help how ttc drivers were helping with things to find locations and how to buy tickets and how not to buy tickets <laughs> yes. uh, people in grocery stores who were helping with names of things or how to navigate people at the bank who were asking what language i did speak and go and finding an employee who did speak that language oh wow so, you go that extra mile wow yes so um and it was obviously was coming from me as well asking for help and trying to navigate through things but people were more than willing to help you know and go a little bit more just to help me out with all the services and routine of new things and new culture and di- different circumstances different law so it was beautiful and then a lot of language and it was interesting to learn different things like for example there is a significant difference between working hard and hardly working <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, exactly <laughs> right or when it when exactly do you say excuse me or when do you say i am sorry because there is a difference between those and in which circumstances you use them and you will or, hear sorry quite often and sometimes you feel oh my god did i do something really bad <laughs> yes and especially canadians they do quite a lot of saying sorry or excuse me but in which circumstances do each of those apply right so some funny interesting things came out of it or for example i couldn't quite wrap my head around things like why do canadians do something too or they do something as well and what's the difference between the two and as well and it appears there is no difference you know so some funny things around language or expressing myself were there and um a bunch of funny stories around that but i was fascinated how open and supporting people were in helping navigate through things so really curious there are these um, you know community organizations in fact even toronto library that hold english uh, speaking circles did you uh, enroll for any of that or did you take advantage in fact for newcomers i believe there's also a service that you can sign up for uh, if you're a permanent resident and you have arrived you have 2 years to sign up for either english or french i signed up for french i'm still on a waitlist so 
I don't know how efficient it is for English, but uh, did you use any of those services? Uh, I went to uh, an English school for adults, English mm -hmm. as a second language. It was one of the ESL schools. I was referred there through YMCA services. Oh, yes. And I went there for about a year. Uh, I had classes in the morning and then I would come back home and I would continue studying till about 8 or 9 p.m. listening mm -hmm. to podcasts, radios, videos, uh, watching things, learning things, learning things through YouTube because I had a significant goal, right? My mm -hmm. profession requires me to speak very well because I work in human resources. Mm -hmm. uh, not, not just well, but very well and also understand cultural differences and how to express myself and sometimes emotional differences in the mm -hmm. language and contextual differences. So it was very important for me what I find was challenging uh, there is no really centralized place in Canada where you can learn about all those services and people are often left in the void mm -hmm. with the lack of those skills and I want to encourage everybody to google things as much as possible sign up for all possible free calls meetings seminars uh, webinars all sorts of things because Canada offers a lot, a lot of different varieties on how to help people settle, and language is just one of them. There are huge, huge amount of opportunities to learn language and polish it to the extent that people can go back to their professions. Oh, that's lovely. That's that's great advice. I know Google is my guru all the time. I Google everything, uh, literally. Should I take steps here, Google? I think that would be the next <laughs> range for Google. Yes. Um, but uh, but interesting. Okay, so. Coming back to Kay, um, what do you think are some of the ways that, you know, immigrants community can engage in giving back um, either to their communities or to overall, um, you know, system of giving back? What are some of the ways you think they should uh, start giving back? Thank you, Tohina. That's a great question. And, you know, for me, because I've always worked in the social development world before I came to Canada and I continued working in the field here, mm -hmm. I feel part of what really helped me in my career was volunteering. So what I'm trying to say is when we are giving back, we're giving to ourselves as well. Of course. It's a relearning. True. And it's a cycle. It's um, it's an organic cycle in a way. If we don't give, we don't get. When we volunteer, when we give to community, this is when we get in touch with the community, when we know the community, when we learn who the people in community are and start actually being able to roll around and start understanding what the, if I work, how would my work life going to look like if I don't volunteer, if I don't meet people and interact with people, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, this is one thing. The other thing, while uh, Katrina was talking about how people are very supportive since uh, day one that you arrive here, I would say people are supportive from all backgrounds, people who have been in Canada for generations and people who are newcomers as well. Mm -hmm. And it is part of how we are able to settle in this new place and be able to feel comfortable around. So even if I am a newcomer, my contribution is more than valuable because for another newcomer, I might be closer to their experience, right? That is true. That's what I was, uh, you know, saying when uh, initial days, I was very hesitant, like, 
I don't think I have enough to talk about or enough to say or share. And, you know, we come from, um, I don't know how cultures are, but in some cultures uh, you have it, you have a notion that you have to be either established in your field or uh, have done something exceptional or you're superbly brilliant before you start, you know, saying something that may be helpful. So many are hesitant even to take the first steps. Like, I don't know what good I will do by helping, but it fascinated me to see like there's so much good that can be done. You can work on a food bank. You can, work with the Red Cross, you can work with community organizations who are always looking for that extra hand. This is so true. And you know what? Um, there is something about immigration. There is the process of uprootedness, right? Mm -hmm. You are no longer in your, in your older soil, and now you need to get to learn how to be in this new place. So what I would say giving back is not just giving back, is actually being rooted in the new place. So going to the Red Cross, as you mentioned, going to the food banks, and also you can volunteer in many things. The, Google is an immigrant's best friend, really. <laughs> there are all kinds of initiatives, and that's yes. one great aspect of being in Canada. There are initiatives for everything, for environment, for the seniors, for the children, for mental health, for physical health, for everything that you can imagine. It's like you pick your calling, right? Exactly. You just look online, see what organizations are there. That helps you in two directions. Okay. First, you get to know the country and you get to know what's in there. Second, it's better when you volunteer or you give back or you give to community. Give from your passion. Finding your passion and volunteering within the realm that you feel more passionate about is also going to bring more uh, positive results for you and community at the same time. Excellent. Katrina, what do you think? What are some of your suggestions uh, for new immigrants to give back? What are some of the avenues through which they can give back? In, in my view, there are plenty of opportunities. Um, it's all about choosing the right one that speaks to you. Um, I come from the side where I do uh, encourage people to support based on their profession uh, or based on, uh, on their education, something they can help to others raising the skill because at the same time they can very well practice and polish the skill you have. For example, if somebody works closely with statistics or mathematics or has background in statistics or mathematics, they can very well volunteer to less advantaged families where they can give mathematics tutoring to kids, right? Mm -hmm. And not necessarily it can be attached to an organization. I find there are three layers of support. Uh, that, that's my view only on this, and I'd like to mm -hmm. share it. One is basically something that comes from government. Those are very large organizations. Um, they do a little bit more generalized things. They don't quite come down to a very individualized level. Uh, and a lot of help can be obviously sought and found there. The next level is nonprofits. It's a variety, huge hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of organizations that are sponsored by business and uh, patrons and government itself that help with more particular skills like only writing your resume or only with math mathematics or only with English or literacy. Mm 
or let's say just a computer application. So a lot of those, all we need to do is to go seek and also go offer help because we can function through them as mentors and coaches and teachers and uh, all sorts of mentors. And the third one, there's a lot of social groups that are just organized by individuals like on Facebook, meetup.com, uh, all, all sorts of different groups on LinkedIn where people meet and they go into more individualized uh, coaching or mentoring or all sorts of help. I also find it doesn't always have to happen through a large organization or in a more organized uh, level sometimes it's just very easy picking up the phone or answering somebody's question because I work in human resources very very often people ask me about resumes cover letters to navigate through career how to, to do well on an interview mm -hmm. and I do dedicate uh, once a week I have a special slot where I dedicate 20 minutes of my time or answer those questions or I review somebody's resume very quickly and that brings more individualized very specialized level you know of service helping somebody to kneel down what exactly matters to them uh, and I encourage all people to participate in the networking I'm a huge advocate for networking mm -hmm. and I connect people all the time pick up the phone if somebody is knocking into your door open the door answer that email if somebody is asking for help very often people don't know how to ask and if you get some message that looks not very appealing maybe you can still answer and help people to reframe the message you know so they can get their answer I want to go back to your networking piece a little bit because we did have a session and it came through the conversation that networking is one of the most efficient ways still it's like a necessary evil to land a job in Canada so it is so critical that you brought that up where people take out the time to respond to the emails or to the calls sometimes yes of course you can get overwhelmed and all of that but it's important to be mindful of the fact that it is helping people. True. Go on. Sorry. Um, actually, I'd like to echo a little bit on networking. I know it's a very important topic. Uh, networking opens doors and it's much more efficient and um, uh, much more pleasing activity than to just sit at home and apply for jobs. Networking opens ways, not only for jobs, but for volunteering, for connections, for friendship. I also find that people who come to Canada, uh, a lot of them suffer from loneliness, right? Because uh, social life in Canada is kind of additional full-time job, so to say. That's how I find it. <laughs> we need to do a lot of effort to rebuild social circles and develop those relationships to the necessary depth right mm -hmm. uh, so introducing people or thinking that somebody may have common interest and just linking them by phone number can also help and networking not only opens the doors it actually makes people happier it, it creates social connection and bonding right uh, I, I find it fascinating and I always connect people and open my door to to the extent that my time allows obviously of course yes one has but to I, be mindful of that exactly yeah. I mean or, or I will eventually make it a full-time job for myself that's what's gonna happen but I highly <laughs> highly encourage people it's also a form of volunteering volunteer your time it's mm -hmm. the most the highest most uh, expensive and most valuable resource you can possibly have and you never know at which side of the interest Interviewing table, you may eventually end up. People whom you help can eventually give you the job, right? Mm -hmm. So spread yeah. kindness, the kindness will return. Absolutely. So now going back to some of the challenges, like, okay, do you think there are any challenges to engage in community work? Like, 
for example, when you are a new immigrant, you don't have additional resources. Is there a feeling like I should not be devoting my time to volunteer? I should rather be applying to jobs or constantly looking out. So it's like a vicious cycle. So do you think there are challenges for immigrants to engage in community work? Um, you know what you mentioned is really important because when people are new, they just want to start their new jobs, they want to start earning income, settling down. But the reality of the situation is that we actually need to volunteer mm -hmm. because it's really easy probably to find survival jobs. Okay, just go and do retail, which is good. But in order to get back to your profession and to actually be able to be successful in your profession, volunteering is important. And this volunteering, I remember when I first arrived here, uh, that was the advice I was given by most employment agencies. But luckily enough for me, because I come from a background of volunteering, I was sort of aware and I was already doing my volunteer work. Yeah, so this is where probably sharing some of my personal experience can really help. Because in that sense, when you volunteer, as Katerina mentioned, it's not, that, not, not just that you are meeting people, but you're also building experience. And while I am building this experience and I'm showing how dependable I am, this is when I get start getting those recommendations for work. And people and trust in your vital. skills. They see your exactly. Skills. They get an opportunity exactly. to see what what you're capable of delivering. Yeah, exactly. And you have the experience on your resume as well that is Canadian, mm -hmm. and this is also very important. So, Katerina, very quickly, do you see some challenges to the community work in here for newcomers? I feel that very often people think of volunteering as joining a large organization. Um, and sometimes it's challenging because it's um, probably way too many obligations and they already want some experience sometimes. I want to encourage people to pursue your desires and interests. Become the center of something, become the center of volunteering, start a group on LinkedIn or help somebody get together with somebody, organize a smaller group. Um, Volunteering is giving and giving back can happen when our own cup is full. And usually when we have certain interests or passions, that means our cup is full in that, on that end, right? Mm -hmm. For example, if, um, if I like networking, I would easy go and network. And I'm very well networked and very well connected. So my own uh, network is very big. I spend time on that. That means somebody gave me. That means my cup is full. So I can go and give it back to somebody. Um, I don't want people to think that they have to volunteer because they have to. I'm sure everybody um, already gives value back to the society one way or another. I want to encourage people to spread the passion and their own talent because everybody's a little bit different in something of course mm -hmm. and even similar interests can be a little bit different so i want to encourage people to think what is that spark that you have in you and go share it out don't be and don't be shy on that because i do know also cases where volunteering has become full-time job or full-blown business mm -hmm. very interesting well 
that was a great conversation but before we go i do want to know both of your thoughts uh in this time because covid is on our minds uh it's determining everything it's our new reality it is changing the way business processes work it is changing the way interactions at a personal level are working so in this time in this time of pandemic uh, how much more important does it become to hold on to our solidarity especially to people who are probably feeling an extra lonely need some help how can we still continue to volunteer and give back maybe with changed tools so okay how about you going forward uh, what are your thoughts um, you know tahina thank you for uh, asking this question because i feel now more than ever this is the time to stand around each other. Social distancing is important physically, but when it comes to emotional distancing, probably what we need to do is the opposite. We need to become closer to each other, to support each other. And this is important, again, for us and for community at the same time. Because when I'm isolated by myself, I'm suffering from different layers of mental stressors in that sense, while when I reach out to community, even if virtually, this is where I'm contributing and alleviating some stress for someone else, but at the same time, I'm engaged and I'm not being isolated emotionally and mentally in that sense. Uh, speaking of which, uh, sometimes it's hard to figure out how to volunteer. Uh, if you just go to volunteertoronto.ca, um, they have uh, already, uh, posted for requesting volunteers and you can just join with that group of volunteers to respond to the COVID. Another thing that I feel very important for us to keep in mind, regardless what our situation is, there are people who are suffering more than us. What I'm trying to say that with this social isolation situation, some people who are facing situations of violence or have mental issues already, they are under less of stress. They are lost and probably they don't know exactly how to move around or what to do. Mm -hmm. This is why it becomes even more important. Like the community needs us. Absolutely. Reaching out to community is important. And especially if we are newcomers, because for some people, this is so unfortunate. If I just came here, arrived here a couple of months ago, and now I have to be locked home, what do I do? I know. Right? Absolutely. So Katerina, how about you? What are your quick thoughts on this? I want to call out two things. Number one is responsibility. Be responsible. If government asks us for something, we ought to follow. We need to save those who are in need and who are more vulnerable to the threat. Uh, be responsible. Practice whatever is out there. It is important. It is not a joke. It is definitely important because we don't want to be the cause of worse things happening somewhere down the chain. Mm -hmm. And number two, I want to call people to see the opportunity. When thousand doors are closed around us, there is definitely one more that opens. See the opportunities. There is a lot of time for those who need rest. Take some rest. A lot of time for those who need some learning. So take some learning. Pretty much is everything right now available digitally. Almost everything can be learned digitally. 
do research, spend your time. Even in um, isolation, we can be social, like we're pretty much doing right now. There is a lot of opportunity. So just ask smart questions from yourself. What is that I would like to do? What is that I would want to do? And how I can make it happen in these circumstances? I'm sure there will be a lot of new beautiful things that will pop up from it, from those who utilize their talents and actually see the opportunity in the situation. Excellent. Well, I think you guys have provided great, great feedback on how we can give back. And especially I would like to leave, like both of you did touch upon how we got to hold it together, especially now. I mean, other than all the times we need to be emotionally connected, we need to be there for all the community members, immigrants, non-immigrants, so that uh, do those check-ins, do those call-in or video conferencing, host online dinners or online uh, lunch and learn uh, kind of session and feel togetherness. So thank you both case for uh, making this uh, beautiful conversation. Thank you very much as well. I wish everybody to stay safe and sound and come out from this situation even better than before. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Tohina. Bye, Katarina. Bye, Bye Kay. Yeah. Bye-bye.